continue our sermon series called Counting on God. Today, 40. And so today, two iconic stories from the scriptures about the significance of the number 40. First from the book of Genesis. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your households, where I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. So take with you seven pairs of all the animals, the male and its mate, to keep them alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And so Noah did as the Lord commanded. And then from the Gospel, Mark chapter 1. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels were with him. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For some reason, in the Bible and elsewhere in human life across many cultures, the number 40 is fraught with meaning. It usually signifies a time of testing or trial or difficulty that is almost beyond endurance. It has come to mean the extreme edge of our stamina. Now maybe this is because human gestation is commonly 40 weeks which can seem like a long time by the end, right? Both of my children spent two more weeks waiting to gladden the face of the earth with their presence on the 294th day, which seemed like a really, really long time. An average work week is 40, 40 hours. And so when you stumble home exhausted at 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, the number 40 can seem like a large number. In tennis... 40-40 is the largest score they give a number to. After that, it's all deuce and add. And that can become actually a very large number too. The other night while I was watching Serena dispatch her sister in an efficient 71 minutes, I remembered the story of the longest tennis game in tennis history. Not a match, not a set, but just a single game. It happened in 1975 at one of the qualifying tournaments for Wimbledon, and this game went on for 37 deuces. That means that for 74 straight points, these two players traded turns, taking the point. Next to these two players, there was another tennis match going on on the court next to them, and these two players finished an entire set before this single game was over. True, it was a double bagel match, 6-0, but still a, a single game that goes on longer than a, an entire match. The last edge of endurance, 40-40. So here are some things you can learn about the number 40 by doing exhaustive research on Wikipedia. When you spell it out, 40 is the only integer whose letters are in alphabetical order. Now that's pretty astounding, isn't it? Because there are an infinite number of integers. There are just one in infinity that's in alphabetical order. The only temperature where Celsius and Fahrenheit coincide is negative 40. Maybe Alyssa speaks Italian. Who speaks Italian? 
Who knows what quaranta journey means? 40 days. 40 days. Quaranta journey. 40 days. In English, quaranta journey eventually morphs into quarantine because in the 14th century, during the era of the Black Death, when a ship arrived at the port of Venice, it was required to be away from the dock in the harbor for 40 days to see if there were any contagion on the ship. After a long journey across the Mediterranean, 40 days docked offshore would seem like the last edge of endurance. And so in the Bible as in life, 40 is fraught with significance. During the great flood, it rains 40 days and 40 nights, the last edge of endurance. 40 days and 40 nights on a floating zoo with your in-laws. Moses spends 40 days hiding in the cleft of a rock so that he won't be incinerated by the blinding incandescence, glory of God. After they make a terrible collective mistake of faithlessness, the Hebrews wander in the desert for 40 years before they reach the promised land. 40 years is the expected remaining lifespan for a young adult. God wants to kill off an entire generation of faithful, of faithless people. Elijah spends 40 days in the desert fleeing from Jezebel, who wants to kill him. Jonah spends 40 days preaching to the Ninevites, which is a, a job he does not want to do. In Christendom, Lent is 40 days because Jesus spent 40 days in the desert fasting and wrestling with his demons. Lent, which begins in the dark, slushy days of February and stretches all the way to April can seem like a long time. You've heard someone complain. His sermons are longer than Lent. Lent can be long. It can seem like the last edge of endurance. Michigan fans know what it's like to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, it's only 15, but in the last 15 years, Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan is 1 and 14. Jim Trussell, 9 and 1. Urban Meyer, 5 and 0. It feels like 40 years. The last edge of endurance. And it doesn't look as if this year is the year it's going to turn around, does it? So a couple of things to notice about the symbolism of the number 40 in the Bible. First thing is difficult for me to speak and maybe difficult for you to hear because it looks in these stories as if God is the engineer of these trials and tribulations, doesn't it? It is God, God's self, who drowns the world for 40 days and 40 nights. It is God, God's self, the Lord of misrule who misleads the Israelites in the wilderness on a meandering path to the promised land for 40 years. St. Mark tells us that it is the Spirit of God, God's self, who drives Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 days of hunger and almost unbearable self-scrutiny. And sometimes it seems as if God, God's self, is the engineer of our anguish. Yes, someone here has been wrestling with her demons for 40 days and 40 nights. She is famished and empty and anguished inside. Do you know what is the single most debilitating disease globally, according to the World Health Organization? It's not cancer. It's not heart disease. It's not AIDS. It's depression. So many of my friends are suffering from this terrible disease. 
I was with one in Michigan whom I reconnected with last month, and he's just hollow and empty inside. And this story of Jesus wrestling with his demons for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert resonates so strongly with him. Andrew Solomon famously calls depression the noonday demon. Some of you know exactly what he's talking about. As many as 25% of us will be caught in its vice at some time in our life. Depression blights careers, shatters families, and costs billions of dollars. By a couple of estimates, depression costs the U.S. economy $210 billion a year in this country alone, the noonday demon. And so if you have been in a wilderness with no bread and no joy but plenty of demons and you feel as if you've been pushed past the last edge of endurance, will you remember that this too will come to an end? Though unendurably long, it will come to an end. After the storm, the rainbow, after 40 years of wandering the promised land, after wrestling with your demons in the wilderness, for 40 days and 40 nights, the beginning of the good news of the kingdom of God. As soon as Jesus is done with those 40 days, he marches back to town and begins preaching the good news of our glad God. 40 days and 40 nights, the edge of human endurance. Five years in the Hanoi Hilton, two and a half in solitary confinement. Captain McCain tells us that after one brutal interrogation, his guards threw him into an unfamiliar cell, one that was not his own, where he noticed that someone had scratched into the cell wall the old creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And there, he says, standing witness to God's presence in a remote, concealed place, Recalled to my faith by a stronger, better man, I felt God's love and care more vividly than I would have felt it had I been safe among a pious congregation in a magnificent cathedral. This is the faith that my commanders affirmed, that my brothers in arms encouraged my allegiance to, a filthy, crippled, broken man. All I had left was the dignity of my faith and the faith of my fathers. It was enough. At elite Episcopal High School in Washington, D.C., Johnny McCain was known as McNasty. Nobody would hang out with him. At the Naval Academy, he finished 894th out of 899 students. At the Hanoi Hilton, when he told his fellow POWs that he planned to be president one day, they scoffed at him. In May, the Washington Post called him the greatest leader of our generation. They tell me it rained here last week, yes? We weren't here. We were in the Leelanau Peninsula in Michigan. On Tuesday, the Leelanau Peninsula got six inches of rain in 24 hours. It wasn't 40 days and 40 nights, but it sort of felt like it. And this reminded me of something that happened to me seven years ago on Labor Day weekend in 2011. Back in Connecticut, my favorite place to walk my dog was this beautiful little forest called the Montgomery Pinetum. Never heard of it. Pinetum before, but I guess it's just a very specific kind of arboretum with lots of pine trees, right? 
And there was this splendid white oak tree that Dudley and I came to think of as our own. It was about 90 feet tall, and at its base, the trunk was about 40 inches in diameter. It would take five of us, hand in hand, to wrap our arms around this impressive tree. And every time Dudley and I walked past it, I would brush my hand against its bark and, like Harry Truman, say, you're doing a good job. And in August of 2011, Fairfield County got 24 inches of rain, courtesy of Hurricane Irene and Tropical Storm Lee. We weren't there at the time. We were in Michigan as usual. And when Dudley and I returned to the Pinetum on Labor Day weekend to resume, resume our walks, we were devastated to find out that our tree was lying horizontal across the path. The earth must have been so saturated and the wind so strong that it just gave up and keeled over. So, this nine-story oak tree is now lying horizontal like a corpse. And the impressive root ball, actually more of a root disc, is towering about 10 feet above my head. All these tangles of twisted roots and trapped soil. You can imagine what kind of a root system it takes to support a 90-foot oak tree. And I took this so personally, you know, it broke my heart. That was my tree. I doffed my cap. Dudley went quiet. And we said a silent prayer in homage to this ancient embattled veteran of a hundred meteorological skirmishes. Rest in peace, said Dudley. Well, my arborist friends guessed that this tree was about 150 years old, which means that it was a sapling during the Civil War and which means that it had survived such traumas as the great New England hurricane of 1938 with its 180 mile per hour wind gusts and Hurricane Diane of 1955 with its 20 inches of rain. There is a time to be born and a time to die, says the wise preacher of Ecclesiastes. There is a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. But the tree reminded me more of life's durability than its fragility. Life finds a way. That old white oak tree's root ball, actually a giant flat disc, towered above my head. And I, when I looked more closely, I noted, noted that these roots were trapping huge boulders twisted up there in midair. They were the size of medicine balls. They must have weighed 100 pounds. The Connecticut landscape is different from Illinois with its rich black fecund earth. Connecticut is littered with boulders everywhere. And in Connecticut, nothing substantial can grow very far unless it finds a path over, around, through, or above these formidable boulders. And so, if you're going through a trial that has pushed you to the extreme edge of endurance, if you're experiencing 40 days and 40 nights of deluge, if you find yourself pressed up against these unforgiving boulders, just wrap your roots around them and keep growing. The obstacles will become part of your foundation. And 
be fundamental to who you are. And then, when the time finally comes, you'll take those boulders with you up into thin air. Or, as Winston Churchill put it, if you're going through hell, just keep going. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. God, we give you thanks for even the times and trials that seem to push us to the edge of endurance. Strengthen us. Send your angels to accompany us. Through Jesus. Amen.